Mark's right. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. 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 Chillage, aka The Shape, all in the communion, and you are listening to Pace Agenda. Agenda.
everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Base Agenda. Good to have you with us. First things first, let me say thanks to DJ Mad Wax for taking care of business on the last show while I was away. Uh, great show. Some fantastic tracks dropped on there and some great feedback from you guys too. So uh, glad that all worked out well. Hopefully we'll have him back on again in the near future. This week, we're focusing in on uh, a guy who's been around some time now doing a, a number of great things. Uh, Mick Chillage is one half of the Chillage Idiots. Long-running uh, podcast and radio show out there uh, started out on XFM over in Dublin. This track we're sitting on top of right now, absolutely beautiful piece of work, is from his latest project, uh, electro spin-off project called The Shape. The track is called Falling Stars. That's from his new album, just come out. Uh, check out Bandcamp for that. Some beautiful tracks on there. And uh, today, Mick's going to be talking about his career, his inspirations and some uh, great events in his life, uh, such as being signed by the mighty Pete Namluk. Rest in peace. And for those new to uh, Bass Agenda, the way this works is uh, Mick chooses some tracks, we play them, he tells us why they're important to him, and I'll be dropping in a few uh, current and future releases as well from the electro genre. So sit back, we've got some gorgeous music for you this week, two hours of the good stuff. Coming up next, one of the tracks that Mick's chosen that he's particularly proud of, called Hypersleep. Thank you. 
particularly proud of that one because it, uh, it features on, on my album Faxology, which I done for the Fax label, which was one of those influential labels uh, run by Pete Namlik, who sadly passed away two years ago. Yeah, Pete uh, would have been a big influence on me in the early 90s with his ambient sounds and not only his ambient music, pretty much everything he's done, whether he's done techno or any kind of electronic music, it always, to me, there was a certain spirituality to it. And his sense of emotion was always, you know, just the essence of his music. The chance to interview him in, what I mean, the end of the 90s or early 2000 on my radio show that I'd done, I'd done a two-hour two phone interview with him. And the guy was really, really, like, once he got talking about music, you know, there was no stopping him. You know, he was so passionate. So it was great to have had a, an opportunity to talk to him at one point, you know, it was brilliant. But also, you know, I'd been a fan of the label for years and years and years, and eventually I'd been listen, listening through a lot of music that I'd done over the years and said, well, that's very much, you know, something that would have been influenced by facts, whatever. So I compiled some stuff and I said, right, I'm going to send him a demo. And I uh, sent him the demo, wasn't really expecting to hear it back, and within a couple of weeks he got back to me to say, yeah, let's put this out. It, it's really, really great. And he said, you know, he said, normally he wouldn't kind of go down the road of putting out stuff that maybe sounded like it was trying to be an emulation of his sound or his label but he said I'd put my own kind of slant on it and it was coming up to the 20 years uh, anniversary of the label and he felt it was the perfect time to do something like that so it'd been kind of like a musical a lifetime dream for me to release on the label so I was completely blown away so that's why I picked the track uh, Hypersleep you know This is Des Williams, and you're in tune to the true sound of the underground on Bass Agenda. Uh, that I, I do with Lee Anthony Norris who works under the name of Norkin Metamatics he, he would have released some stuff on the Clear label back in the mid 90s Lee is another one of my kind of um, musical heroes from the 90s and through Facebook we kind of 
he used to listen to my radio show and then he discovered I was making music, this, that and the other and one thing led to another and we discovered that we kind of crossed over our interests in film, music, all that kind of stuff was very similar so we just kind of, kind of said, oh we must do a collaboration and we finally done it and it was all done over line basically, we ne- we've never met so we, we just sent files back and forth to one another. Lee actually moved to Italy, he was in Northern Italy and he moved over there in the autumn and he's very good at coming up with titles like that so he was in this uh, very re- highly religious area there's a lot of old you know gothic churches and stuff like that all the the area was gold from from autumn so he just came up with the name autumn communion so it kind of stuck plus i i just i just really like the i just like the whole vibe of it you know it was just one of those tracks that was kind of came together maybe lee would have sent me a few elements and i think the night I, I loaded up all the elements and started playing myself. I think the track was pretty much made in, in the space of a couple of hours then. You know, you, it's just one of those things where you just, it just, just happens. You know, and you sit back after and you just go, oh, where did that come from, you know?
I'd, I'd say from an early age, my, my family, you know, my mum and dad and that uh, were big into music. Now they're they're from uh, Ireland, of course. I'm lived lived in the UK. I was born in England. But while, while we were over there, they were listening to an awful lot of you know traditional Irish music. But I never really made a connection with it. It wasn't until probably when I came back, we came back over to Ireland, and there was. My first real connection with music, I suppose, was, would have been the works of John Barry, strangely enough. Uh, watching a Goldfinger on TV late one night as a kid. And apart from all, you know, the gold naked lady and the Aston Martin, it was the music as well, you know, the, the, the brass, the sexiness, the jazzy rhythms, just the exoticness of the music. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, from there then, I think the very first record I was actually purchased was the James Bond 10th Anniversary Edition. All the works John Barry had done from Doctor No right up to Diamonds Are Forever. And uh, that was just constantly, constantly on, on the player. You know, not non-stop on the, on the little, would have been even a mono system we had back then. You know, would have been listened to on that. And then I have an older brother as well who was, who was kind of influential as well. He started bringing home records in the late 70s, stuff like uh, Gary Newman. So that was my first kind of introduction to electronic sounds purely, you know. So from there on, I suppose the next big change of point for me would have been watching Assault on Precinct 13 one night, maybe in the very early 80s, and, hear, and hearing John, John Carpenter's music. You know, just the, the pure eeriness of it, the atmosphere. There was something straight away that I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This, this, this stuff is amazing. So that was kind of my first path into electronic music. And I'd say, would have been through the 80s going to school, obviously, electro kind of started kicking off. Never really had any money to buy records. So it would have been some of those street sounds, mixes, that type of thing. Would have, but rather than me being a breakdancer, I was more into, into BMX. And we used, we listened to those in my friend's back garden. He had like a, a kind of a quarter pipe in his back garden, and we we'd be trashing up and down the bikes, listening to all those uh, street sounds mixes and that, you know. So that was would have been until I got into let me see the late '80s when Acid House took off and I started working. That's when I started really buying records. You know, it was probably I'd say Acid, the whole Acid House movement was a was a big turning point for me as well. It was always again, it was always something different that I kind of turned on to. Another gorgeous track there from our guest this week, Mick Chillage, uh, in collaboration with Lee Anthony Norris uh, under the name Autumn of Communion. Uh, Lee Norris, of course, has released many, many uh, tracks on fantastic label Clear. Also uh, very active on uh, Hydrogen Jukebox Records as well. That label's been around a long time. Really good stuff on there. track was called Cosmic Board Fusion. Now for a track that I've been waiting to play for absolutely ages since I got the vinyl. uh, Out on Diametric, this is Valanx with Chasm. This is the CRC remix. This is Morphogenetic, and you're listening to Base Agenda. To everyone out there, keep up the fight against the mundane.
amazing track, Valanx Chasm CRC Remix. And now into something else amazing, Boris Divider with a tractor. software route for a bit. I messed around with some soft synths, but never really felt connected to them. You know, it just never really felt as intuitive as, as a synth. Like, I mean, the first real synth I bought was a Core Prophecy, and uh, that, again, was one of those kind of mid-90s uh, digital hybrid sort of synths. So it was trying to be analog, but again, it had four, you know, it has four or five knobs across the front and loads of sub-menus. And I never really got to grips with that either. So it wasn't until I bought the Novation Supernova in the early 90s that had a, a hell of a lot more knobs and fun- functionality to it. I really got to grips with making my own sounds. But uh, it, everything, everything is everything is hardware, you know. I just treat the sounds then with Ableton with the, the plug-in effects and that, you know. So in, in, only in the last, would be six months, I've finally gone and invested in some analog. So I bought a Korg MS20 Mini 
and I bought a Dave Smith uh, Mofo by 4. So I bought the Dave Smith purely because of the heritage, because you know he was involved with uh, his company's sequential circuits. And of course, John Carpenter and Alan Howard would have used those uh, that kind of equipment back then. So there was a kind of heritage thing, and it's definitely got that sound quality. Some of the new material I've, I've done, which hasn't made it onto the shape, there's a couple of tracks that I've been working on, and uh, they've got that kind of tonal quality that I really, really like. Until last year, I was still using an old Macintosh LC that was 20 years old for sequencing, and uh, that was my that was my MIDI sort of sketch pad, you know. And once I was happy with the sequences I made, I, I, I would then play them back and record them into Ableton. But that, I got rid of that now and I'm using Ableton for, for everything. So I'm not jumping between two, two computers now, so everything is really, really fast. So if I have an idea, uh, I'm not unplugging things and messing around and, you know, so everything, everything's really, really good. But I, I haven't, uh, I can't see myself really getting big into the software thing, you know, apart, apart from playing live. That's the only time I really use it. A live arrangement rather than actually me playing the keyboards because I said I'm not a great I'm not a great keyboard player so you know I could do a bit of improvisation with maybe some lead stuff but playing a melody or a bass line constantly wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my thing. Tad now with something forthcoming from Cygnus, a track called Technologic. This is going to be out on CPU, Central Processing Unit Records, in uh, early September. Great little album, look out for it.
This is Anthony Roger and you listen to Base Agenda. track here from Mitchellage's project The Shape, taken from his Wave Shape Fiction album, track called Alive With Wires. tracks here I've been sitting on some of them some of them are like 10 years old you know and there was a lot there was a lot more electro tracks lying around as well that I had some of them are unfinished but um I just recently uh one of the labels I started getting involved with Anodize in the US I I I'd done we'd done an autumn communion CD there and I also done a kind of experimental drone album which is just one track 60 minutes on CD as well so um Darren who runs the label is a very open-minded individual and he had to listen to it and he emailed me, you know, saying, oh, you know, have you got any more electro stuff? And I was like, yeah, I've got quite a lot, you know, so I just 
put a folder together, dropped some tracks to him, sent them all to him, and he got back to me. He's like, this stuff is really, really great. You know, this is, uh, would you be interested in doing, you know, maybe an alter ego uh, electro album? You know, so I was like, you know, that sounds brilliant because it's kind of what I was looking to do, but I didn't really know. I kind of didn't really want to go down the whole download only, the, the digital route. I've kind of stopped releasing anything that's digital only now because I just don't really see the point to it. I, I, I like the physical market. I, I, collect, I still buy CD albums myself and and I can understand anyone who loves vinyl as well. You know, it's it's just the whole digital thing. I find it's stuff that kind of gets a bit lost in the, in the, in the sea of releases that are released every every week you know it's if if i can sell 200 cds i'm you know i'm happy with that the, the, you know even the the cd pressings now are quite limited compared to what been maybe 500 a couple of years ago now it's down to 150 or 200 you know so even to get them out i'm, I'm quite proud so he just said to me there we'll come up with a, an alias so i say well john carpenter was one of the first people really that inspired me and uh, he referred to the character in Halloween as the shape in a script and that's kind of well documented so I said a lot of the tracks are quite atmospheric so it seemed to seem to go with the whole vibe so I said right the shape so it's kind of inspired me now maybe I'll probably work on a, on an album over the next year or two on another shape, shape project maybe I'll just keep working on electro stuff yeah I'll keep that in mind and uh, see how it goes Now time for a remix by McChillage. Original track is Naklang Music with Stereotype World.
I never really set out with anything in mind when I switched the equipment on, you know. And sometimes it could be just like I could be just sitting, sitting watching TV, and I kind of drift off, and a melody or something come into my head. So I'd pair up all the equipment, and I'd hear a, hear a sound go through my synths, whatever, you know, start playing something. And then that could change the melody that I heard. I could play something by accident on the keys. I could make it go a different direction. And it might be an ambient track. And then I'd say, oh, maybe I'll mess around with some, some drum, drum beats, whatever. Start programming some drums. That might not work. The drums could go away. And I've often done something that started off to be ambient and then it finished up with a drum and bass, like a drill and bass track or something like that. Because it just, it just felt right, you know? So pretty much safe to say that nearly every track I've ever started, started out as an experiment. But like a lot of people, as both bedroom musicians and electronic music producers, I'm not a trained musician or anything like that. You know, I use, I use, I use a keyboard to input my notes. I, I never really got into the whole drawing of the notes that work that works for some people but i find it kind of slow but you know if notes need to be fixed or whatever yeah i will uh, you know if i have a midi sequence done and i'm looking at it and say well there's a couple of notes out of time there because my fingers slipped off the keys or whatever you know i'll, I'll, I'll fix them that way until, I, until it sounds right but ge generally most of the stuff is done through me just tweaking tweaking knobs and adding effects and experimenting with the sounds until i come across something that says something to me Keep up with Mick Chillage and his various projects. There's plenty to look at and listen to on his uh, Bandcamp page, which is Mick Chillage, M-I-C-K-C-H-I-L-L-A-G-E dot bandcamp com slash music. You can also check out Autumn of Communion, as I mentioned earlier, his collaboration with Lee Norris uh, on autumnofcommunion.bandcamp.com and also check out Mick Chillage's SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash mick dash chillage. 
track we're sitting on top of right now is Hard Floor, Swag My Glitch Up, uh, remixed by another Dublin producer, this time Defect on the remix. Awesome piece of work. And coming up next, a timeless track from 808 State, one of the tracks that inspired Mick Chillage to start making his own music. This is Galaxian and you're listening to Base Agenda. here in Pacific for the first time and up to that point I had an interest I had an interest in music you know but never thought of, as far as I was concerned you know you needed a multi-million pound studio to record with electronics 
So I kind of, from reading magazines and that, I was discovering that these guys were essentially just DJs that had some bedroom equipment, you know, a couple, a couple of synths, whatever, and that, that was all you really needed. So that started getting me investigating the equipment, you know, and that would have been the early 90s. Of course, I was, I was just too busy out doing the usual things, partying, never really got the money together. It wasn't until about the mid-90s that I started actually looking down, saving some money to buy some equipment. I suppose it would have been the, the Roland uh, MC303 was the first bit of kit I bought. I got to grips with the, the basic sequen sequencing and sounds and producing my own drum beats and that was kind of, once I was happy with that then I went and expanded further. sound was generally kind of a little bit crude and rudimentary still brilliant it was very alien and you know it's stuff like humanoid i'd heard and, and loved and it was actually a, a cousin of mine lived in the uk and she'd come home and we we discovered that we were kind of into the same stuff you know we liked a lot of techno and that and i was just looking through a record collection and it was just something about that the, the cover of the quadra state ep caught my eye you know i said what, what about this and she goes oh oh yeah have a listen to that. that's really really cool it's just something she bought about a week before she came home. So uh, I put on Pacific and it just stopped me in my tracks, you know, it was just like, oh my god, what is this? This is absolutely amazing. You know, it was it was kind of raw, futuristic, um, with the with the jazzy, with the saxophone, it was kind of really exotic. And it, it just took the whole acid house techno thing for me to a whole other level. It was like almost, you know, similar to that kind of John Barry exoticness about it, you know and it just the timeless quality of it you know and then as i said i was really shocked later on when i found out that you know they were essentially they were just like djs and you know and bedroom musicians essentially so that was kind of like wow i have to you know i have to investigate what equipment they're using and this somewhere i have to 
I have to go down this road some stage in my life. So it was a real, it was a real, real turning point for me. one Nonima with Escape Path coming up soon after this we've got music with uh, Feeble Minded one of the tracks that's blown uh, Mitchellidge away in the last 12 months
of it's all since he's he's doing all the playing you know it's very melodic it's very moody he's got some great bass lines uh, again it's like it just it goes beyond just the dance floor or what it what a dj well it's doesn't fit within the constraints of I suppose normal dj it doesn't start you know start off with a beat or anything like that so you know i just i just found it his stuff is it's always been great, you know, and his, his sense of melody is amazing. Even though his production sometimes can be a little bit rough, you know, but it's, it doesn't really matter, you know, the soul and the music is there. You know, it's a great passion. Yeah, and he can go from very humorous melodies to very sinister stuff as well, so he's not, he's not, you know, he's not just doing the same track over and over again. You know, some producers tend to do a lot of the same thing over and over again. I got two types of music. There's good music and there's and bad, bad, music. Bad, 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 bad music. Whatever style, Whatever they, style may be. they may be. Adam TM is one of those guys that's been kind of quietly for the last 20, 20 years plus, been kind of making his own niche electronica music. And I think the rest of the world are only slowly, slowly catching up with him. He's been do, doing the kind of, uh, been creating kind of glitch electronica before it was really really easy to do like nowadays of course you've just got a waveform you can chop away and there's programs now that you know make glitchy beats for you but he was actually going in at the time and making his npc sampler crash and recording that back like 20 odd years ago and again he's one of those guys that's kind of uh, been a hero of mine.
You know, it's quite a political statement on the current affairs with, you know, the, say, the current music situation in the world. You know, how everything is being kind of dictated by the mainstream. And, you know, it's done in a humorous, yet extremely funky and innovative. The sounds are, is mix, you know, the mixed sounds and all is really creative and innovative as well. If you go on Discogs, if you haven't, if you haven't checked him out before, you'll find, like, he's got, like, hundreds of aliases as well. Uh, Senor Coconut was one that he'd done recently, he was doing the same guy, yeah. Chillage away there, that was empty by Atom TM. Love it, crazy stuff. And now, some more crazy stuff going back to Central Processing Unit for a little while. Uh, latest uh, release on that label, Carboflex. This is a track called uh, Trifolium. Coming up soon after this, we get into another track that inspired Mick Chillage to start making his own music.
This is Victoria Lucas and you are listening to Base Agenda. taken from on our majesty's secret service on the original soundtrack it wasn't featured but it's it's spread it's it's actually features in the film but not in that sequence so they keep cutting bits out of it they use little cues from it so so that that's kind of why i decided to pick that i said well everybody kind of knows the main the main uh i was on a Majesty's secret service team tune and a lot of the other pieces will be fairly key so i said i'll go for something that's a little bit different that kind of jumps in moods one minute it's kind of sexy and the next minute it's kind of ominous and you know it's quite dark and there's also elements there that was kind of I suppose early synthesizer sounds there as well there's some kind of bleeping ring ring modulated synths or something in there you know probably probably using a Moog or something at the time or a Moog depending on where you want how you want to pronounce it just a pure exoticness of John Barry's works and a lot of his like a lot of film composers the music works well. If you take John Williams or somebody like that, his music works brilliant within the film. Take it out of the film, it, it, it's still good, but I always find Barry's music, you could just, you know, you can listen to it anywhere. It's very, very listenable, you know.
Featuring John Barry there with uh, Sir Hillary's Night Out. And now into another track by Mick Chillage that he's particularly proud of from his album Tales from the Igloo. This is Under the Ice. from my, my debut album uh, Tales from the Igloo and the reason it's called Tales from the Igloo is because uh, I call my because my name is Mick Chillage I was like looking for a name for the studio a couple of years back many years back about 10 years back and I said might as well just call it the Igloo you know and it, it kind of stuck so when I was looking for a name for my debut album it was quite it was quite a diverse record so you know it goes from tracks like that kind of tough electro cinematic stuff to you know, ambient dub to you know, it kind of kind of shows a, a broad spectrum of my production. So, 
kind of come up with a, a name for the album then I said well Tales from the Igloo it's various it's various moments stories whatever you know so then again it kind of just fell into place as well so I thought I'd pick that track there because uh, you know again there's a bit of a I suppose there's a bit of a John Carpenter-esque and a John Barry kind of vibe to it and then it's got that kind of big distorted electro-ish kind of rhythms to it so I just thought it would I just thought it'd be a nice one to, to drop on the show as well, you know. And it's one of those tracks that I'm actually very, very proud of. Uh, as well. It, the, initially the track was called Under Under the Knife because I was I was about to go in for an operation. And uh, it was the night before I went into the operation. I was I was pretty stressed out, you know. So I, I switched on all the equipment and that's another one of those tracks that kinda of, kinda of came about in a couple couple of hours. You know, so then when I was putting put the album together, I picked it out under the under the knife, and I said, actually, under the ice. I was thinking of John Carpenter's the thing. You know, it's a bit sinister. You know, so it, it fit with the whole team. So it was just a little change of the name. And again, it's like how things come together. You know, everything just seems to. It seems to be chaotic for a while. But then it's like a you know the final piece of the jigsaw puzzle. You just pop something in, and that's it. But it's quite a part of the creative process, I suppose. Everything just seems to fit somehow. Facebook. 
slash base agenda. I had been listening to somebody, I'm not sure who it was, and I was like, I think I'll make some beats tonight. Messing around then, I had the, I had the beats laid down, and, and I think the bass line came, came next. So everything else then after then was all the strings and the more kind of ambient stuff that came later. But then when you at the arrangement process, I was like, okay, I don't want to have the bass line straight away because that, that, that that's given, it's like giving a major part of a movie away at the beginning. That's the way I always see it sometimes, you know? So there's nothing worse than hearing a track like, and you hear the main hook, uh, for, you know, the first two minutes and it goes on for another five minutes and you're still hearing the hook, you know? I might work in a club. My my arrangements can be a little bit unorthodox, maybe to some people. But I like to kind of try and tell a story with the music. But uh, I, yeah, I was very proud of that track because it, it ended up um, doing quite well. I mean, for myself, not really known in the electro circles at the time that came out. I'm still obviously not well known in the electro circles, but it done quite well in the. Uh, I think it ended up in the street sounds electro chart at the time. I'd still like to get that on wax maybe one day, you know, if it was possible. Um, so it, it done quite well on Beatport and all that kind of Juno download electro for, for a while. So I was quite proud of that and I got a lot of good feedback and I got a, got quite a lot of play on DJ mixes and stuff at the time, which I was surprised. So apart from it, on a, on a creative element, I was certainly happy with it. And then on how it was received, I was very, very happy that was a bonus.
still do the radio show. Uh, we call ourselves the Chillage Idiots. Um, we've been doing that nearly was, was about 18 years. We started off on a small. Yeah, we started off on the a little dub, a Dublin pirate station called XFM, and um, basically we we play every every kind of electronic music. So if you're listening to a show, you get anything from ambient to drum and bass to electro house music whatever if it's good we'll play it that's if it's electronic if it's good we'll play it you know so i do that with a with a, an old school pal of mine paul so we we, we call ourselves the chillage idiots for, for, for the reason that we play a diverse selection you know it just kind of stuck when we started off at the beginning it was you know we, we do it down in the radio station a secret location in dublin and uh, that went out every sunday night we used to do sunday nights from eight to ten o'clock but as times changed and you know jobs family life uh, music production for me took over I found it harder to schedule in that Sunday night you know so I have the studio here now so what we do is we record it here and then we upload it and the way people consume music now as well it's ideal for them to just stream it online whenever it suits them rather than doing it live you yeah, know that's that's the way that's the way we, we run with it so it's, it seems to be working out okay uh, we, we do it kind of maybe four times a year Human Underground with Ralph. Uh, before that, we had Mick Chillage there with Vaporized. And uh, next couple of tracks, uh, slight self indulgence on my part, we're going to play a couple of tracks from uh, Base Agenda Recordings. First up, coming soon, Slaves of Sinus with Stoma. And then following that, Electromagnetic is back with a full length album called Ghostly Region, released last week. We've got a track from that called Dim Light.
Distant Light, which is kind of going to be a little bit more like my Tales from the Igloo album. It's kind of showing a diverse range of my productions, and I think there's two electro tracks on that. So uh, again, very moody kind of ambient electro tracks that take a while and the beats kick in, and you know that sort of thing. And it's, it, again, it jumps from kind of dub techno to down tempo stuff to ambient stuff to electro stuff that's coming out in December can't uh, divulge the name of the label at the moment it's going to be on CD because they want to announce it so that's kind of top, top secret um, and I'm working away on other kind of deep ambient sort of drone projects as well I've got another of a follow up to the Pixel CD that I mentioned earlier on um, the Anodize label so I have another 60 minute plus track which is going to come out on CD next year and I'm just about to release. I'm just about to release a CD there on text recordings in the UK, and that's more my. It's more ambient sort of stuff. It's kind of delicate piano compositions and uh, soundscapes kind of mixed together. So that's just out. It's called Reverie. So yeah, it's been a fairly fairly busy busy year. Oh, and while I think about it, another autumn of communion four CD coming out in the autumn as well on Carpersonum label in the US. So yeah, it's pretty pretty hectic schedule. This is Dave Clark, and you're listening to Base Agenda.
about five minutes left of the show. Going to get nice and freaky for a little while. Here from Replicants in Norman. Uh, this is called When Science Wins. It's taken from uh, Don't Stop the Bass Volume 2, out now on Electro Club Records. Go check that out. Free download. Uh, some uh, some nice tracks there. And uh, now straight into something fairly new too from Noise and Noise from China. Forever keeping things interesting. From his latest EP on Anti Gravity Device. It's a track called Future.
big thanks to Mick Chillage for taking part in the show, choosing some great tunes for us. Seeing as noise and noise tracks are so short and that he's been so busy, I thought it only fair that we play another one of his. So coming up next from his album, which also came out recently on Transient Force, this is him again with Exponential Growth. And I'll see you in two weeks. Have a great weekend. Cheers. 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 C